is on his way to becoming world champion. Here's the muffin man. He's minutes away. What's gonna happen? Oh no! Oh my god! Oh my god! No! No! A choke slayer from the ladder! My god! He's dead! And the muffin man is world champ! Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, January 25th, 2024. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me as always, Tass Mellis. I'm unsubscribing from Netflix now. That's wrestling. Wrestling's on Netflix now. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Next to him, it's the bearded one, Matapsha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey yo. Hey yo. And last but not least, over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer. We call him J.D. Hello. There he is. And here we are. A little housekeeping. We mentioned this yesterday. But this coming Monday, No Dunks taking over the College Park Skyhawks broadcast. You can catch it locally on mm-hmm. Peachtree TV or cpskyhawks.com. I believe the game also makes its way to uh, the NBA G League YouTube page, so you can hear us on the call. But as part of the fun, we're doing a ticket donation drive for every $20 you donate. You get to send two kids to an upcoming Skyhawks game, and you give them that unique experience of an NBA G League game. So uh, please... Make that donation today. That link is in the show notes. I know some of you tried yesterday. There may have been uh, an error with the site, but we've told them. Hopefully that thing's working. And thanks to everybody that tried or did or is going to donate to send some kids to some G League basketball. We did it last year, and people jumped in. It means a lot to these kids, for sure. Absolutely. All right, so we've got news later on. we got another coach that was fired. We'll get to Wes Unseld Jr. Or promoted, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. <laughs> Moving into the front office. Doesn't have to coach the team anymore. Hmm. But we had eight games on last night, and we usually do our recaps by just going through the games, sometimes playing what you got, sometimes fill in the blank. But I wanted to get a little creative here today with you guys. We had the 2024 Oscar nominations earlier this week. So I figured, why don't we hold our own little award show to do our recapping of last night's games. I've got five categories to present to you guys. You guys can share your nominees, and then I'll open up the envelopes, and we'll see the winner. Okay? (laughs) I love it. This is last night's NBA Oscars, and the first category, it's Best Picture. Mm. We're looking for the best game from last night. Trey Kirby, who are you going with? Didn't have this one circled on my calendar. An <laughs> indie movie coming out of nowhere. And it was a classic. The Portland Trailblazers and the Houston Rockets going into overtime 137-131. And the reason I'm giving this my best picture nominee is because it was back and forth the entire time in the fourth quarter. I know it got stretched out to a couple of possessions, but it felt like it was tie lead change, tie lead change. Tie lead change the other way. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Some huge shot making in this one. Uh, The Blazers in particular hit two ridiculous shots. There was a near turnover. uh, Down four at the time. A near turnover by uh, Anthony Simons on the offensive end. He somehow gets the ball, gets it to Jeremy Grant, who finds Malcolm Brogdon. He knocks down a three. That's three seconds left. Ball inbounded. Aaron Holiday makes a couple of free throws. Only 1.6 left on the clock for the Blazers on the other end. They do the throw it over the top, skip pass to the opposite wing. Mm -hmm. Always works in the NBA. (laughs) 
you always get a good look. And Jeremy Grant got a good look, banked in a three to tie, and then uh, the Blazers were pretty solid in overtime. I thought Malcolm Brogdon really took over. He had five points, hit a couple of baskets. He was instrumental in the fourth quarter as well. This was not a game I was greatly anticipating, yeah. and it really was a great, uh, great one to watch. Some weird stuff from Dylan Brooks, I thought, in the fourth quarter. Um, but these two teams out there both wearing red and black on a red and black court. It looked nice. I'm giving this Best Picture nominee at the very least. Very fun. Very fun. Good game. I, I am also going under the radar. There's 10 nominees. There's lots of good productions. And I think Eric Spolstra was doing one with the Grizzlies and the Heat. Eric Spolstra came out pregame. He starts to build. He starts to build this movie. Terry Rozier is making his debut with the Miami Heat. Spolstra says, oh, he's had great defensive coaches. He's building it. He's building it. Patino, Stevens, Clifford even. And then he gets out there and he says, you know what? You're not starting. You're not starting. We're going to let this build. We're going to let this build. Josh Richardson starts instead. And we had an up and down Terry Rozier game. But the first moment when the camera first hit him, he gets out there and he he's making his debut. He starts to tie his shorts. He starts to pull on his jersey. He feels a little bit nervous, but then he pull, he picks up a guy full court defensively to start this game. And then up and down, missed a couple of shots at the rim, got uh, called for a charge, but he's doing good things. He blindsided Xavier Tillman. Yeah, he plays defense, and he hit the left bank shot. Uh, it was it was a really nice nice game, and obviously he didn't start, but you got to close with him if you want a great film. So he comes out and closes this game. We see Jimmy Butler get hit in the nose by Vince Williams' elbow, and he has to stick a cotton in there. So this is exciting. And then the other side, the, the underrater side, of, of course, John Morant is out. The kids took over in this game. Vince Williams, who was on a two-way contract, he was huge. He shot five threes in this game. He had drives by everyone in the fourth quarter, four minutes left. He goes by Jimmy Butler, of all people, then shoots over Bam Adebayo. And then he had a quarter three after a Rozier miss. Eight of ten, 25 points. Great stuff. Gigi Jackson, 19-year-old kid. Another big night shooting threes for him. 17 points. Scotty Pippen Jr., of all people. Scotty <laughs> Pippen Jr. off the bench. Yeah. Second game this season. That's all he's played. Eighth game of his freaking career. Had a career-high 15 points in this one. Did great stuff. He was ready to make this move. Nice basket, took a charge, uh, and uh, hit a no-look to somebody, to to Conchar. And then after Caleb Martin hit a three, he had a drive and score that basically sealed it. And, yeah, I got to talk about Terry Rozier again because everybody expected, if you're going to watch this film, that's what's... What's going to be the best part, but That's it, it wasn't. Yeah. It was not. He didn't have a great game. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Uh, but everybody wanted to see the ending. Uh, and he's, in the fourth quarter, he just didn't know where to be, frankly. Uh, and that's probably just because he just flew there and you know did all the physicals and stuff. But, yeah, he had a turnover. He had a pick and roll with Bam, which was really nice. Went to the hoop. And then he just didn't know where, where to go. He passed it back to Jimmy Butler, went off his hand and out of bounds. Uh, he set up Cody Martin there at the end. Caleb, not Cody. And then, uh, you know, he tried to hit a take a hit a three at, with a minute and a half left. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to win this thing. He missed. Uh, and that was it. He didn't score 100 points again. Um, that's why they got Terry Rozier, to score 100 <laughs> right, points. Exactly right. Uh, four games lost in a row for this team. Three of those four under 100. They're 2-9 and nine this year when they're under 100. 11 games. That's a Sounds a like a, sounds like a lot in yeah. today's NBA. What do you think of uh, Scary Terry's debut there for Miami? You can tell he wants to be in Miami. The guy was traded and in Miami and instantly getting his physical to get on the court as soon as yeah. possible. Please don't take it back and send me back to Charlotte is what he was feeling. Uh, he couldn't get in a rhythm, but I thought it was cool uh, that he actually closed the game for the Heat, giving him a chance. 
I think it will work with him and Bam Adebayo. You mentioned the pick and roll. There was a couple of them with the like pitchback sort of thing. Terry's a really good pick and roll player, so I think he will be used there. But it was kind of emblematic of the Heat all night. They shot 40% from the field. Terry Rozier, 3 for 11. They had 17 turnovers last night. Terry Rozier had three of them. They just could not get in a rhythm. And the Grizzlies... On the other side, they've at least been playing together for a while, and all these guys are out there scrapping. So uh, a great win from them. I think things will get better uh, with Terry Rozier just because you can see the outlines of what they're going to want to do with him. He wasn't handling the ball all the time, but he also wasn't not handling the ball all the time. He was sometimes (laughs) off the ball, sometimes handling. That's how it is with the Heat. They got a lot of guys who will bring the ball up the court, pass it or whatever. So uh, not the ideal start for the scariest, terriest team in the league, but... Fair enough. Okay, good nominees. Let's find out who uh, got best picture from the NBA last night. And the winner is for best picture. Well, this is a bit of a swerve. A little different here. The Warriors-Hawks game actually getting best picture. Because if you saw the start of this game, it was a bit of a tearjerker. The Warriors with a beautiful, beautiful tribute to their late assistant coach, Dejan Milojovic. And uh, I know you guys saw it. Rather than the moment of silence, Kerr asking everyone for the standing ovation. It was like a minute long. They played the national anthem uh, of Serbia. Obviously, uh, Deki's home country. His family was there. And there was like tears on a lot of these guys. And then went out and played a basketball game. And they played well, and they got the victory. But I thought, uh, you know, after the anthems where they're taking off their sort of tribute warm-ups and laying them there, on the uh, on the seat there where Decky sat, that was emotional. Mm-hmm. So that gets best best picture there last night. But good nominees from you guys. Let's keep it going. Best actor, best individual performance, probably from the star category because we have best supporting actor as well. Tess, best actor last night in the NBA. It's star time for Victor Wembanyama. So I think it's Victor Wembanyama who is going up against Chet Holmgren. Very exciting. Who is going to win this uh, star duo? And when Binyama has been playing center recently, they kicked Zach Collins out of the starting lineup recently. And it was good to see those two guys go at it because, you know, we were all thinking Wemby versus Jokic, Jokic versus Embiid, all that. But we really saw that in this one. And Wemby performed. He had a chase block versus Holmgren. It was really nice. Then he just burrowed through Chet Holmgren. He just tried to go right through him, and he did. And then Holmgren, next possession, he tried to go right at Wemby. Didn't happen. Offensive uh, charge call. And uh, Wemby just had a a nice game. 24, 12, and four blocks. It seems like nothing for Victor Wembanyama. He just looks cool while he does it. And his last 10, he's been performing like an animal. Uh, 25 points, 53% from the floor. Three assists, three blocks. And his minutes aren't even all that high. Those numbers are just going to go up. This this, this, This is the perfect rookie of the year competition right here with Chet Holmgren, who scores a lot less. Still really efficient. His last 10, 16 and a half points, uh, 53%. Everybody who's tuning in for this game was excited. And and that's the debate. You have good debates here if you're if both fans of either team. Well, this guy wins way more in Chet Holmgren. Well, this guy's way better in Victor Wembanyama. So it's it's fun. And, uh, yeah, that one-on-one matchup was, was good. NBA Rivals Week coming through there last night. In, yeah, in this totally. game, because we talked about that first one that they had, and they both played uh, really disappointing. But this one, yeah, they both brought it. Okay, going with Wemby in a obviously a blowout oh, they got, loss. They got, they got, got waxed. They got killed. Yeah, Thunder <laughs> dominated them. <laughs> yeah. uh, what about you, Trey? What's your nominee for best actor? Well, I know what's in the envelope. Okay. I saw the thumbnail. It's Devin Booker. <laughs> it's like when Leonardo oh. DiCaprio was in The Revenant. You knew he was going to win Best Actor. I know Devin Booker is going to win Best Actor, and if I had to compare him to a movie, it would be The Matrix because it seemed like he knew where everybody was on the court last night. 
there were times when he was challenged on shots. At one point, he hit a too small, but it felt like every shot was wide open. It was just knowing exactly where to go, and the Suns were finding him in the right place. 17 for 23 from the field. So I'll let you wax about him in a little bit here, but I'm going to give another nominee to Joe Prunty. Okay. Joe Joe Prunty (laughs) comes through in the clutch for the Milwaukee Bucks. What a great response, honestly, from the Bucks after Adrian Griffin uh, was fired to come out and smack the Cavs in a huge win after the Cavs had just beaten them by 40 a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Never trailed in this game, did the Bucks. They got 88 points combined from Giannis, Dame Lillard, and Chris Middleton. I thought Middleton was absolutely cooking in this game. I like to see the interplay between Giannis and Dame Lillard as well. Giannis finished with a triple-double. They just completely owned this game. And I thought that's exactly what you wanted to see if you're a Bucks fan. So uh, Joe Prunty, he wasn't technically on the court as an actor, but maybe he should win Best Director instead. Okay. I don't know. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I didn't go with Best Director. Yeah. There's too much coach talk on this show over the last couple of days. But let's find out. Best Actor. TK's calling his shot saying it's going to go to uh, Devin Booker. And he is correct. Best Individual Performance. He blew the game open. Yes. He scored 22 of his 46 in the uh, decisive third quarter there. And the Suns matched their longest win streak of the season. That's seven in a row now. And they won 132-109 against Mavericks. NBA Rivals Week. I know we'll get into Luka. These two teams, uh, I saw Zilla writing about it, they never play a normal game, the uh, Suns and the Mavs, because this one we had Grant Williams and Nurkic getting into it. Uh, You know, Grant Williams sort of tying up Kevin Durant, then standing over him. Nurk took offense to that, pushes him off. You know, Tech's assessed later in the game. Nurk scores on Grant Williams, who sort of falls to the ground. Nurk stares at him, maybe says something. He basically just goaded Grant Williams into his second tech. He's ejected. And then we get uh, Luca getting a fan ejected, who's in a Devin Booker jersey. (laughs) And we have this weird exchange after the game where Luca's pissed with Tim McMahon of ESPN for tweeting what the fan allegedly said which wasn't a whole lot, according to Tim McMahon, who was right there. It was right near uh, the media row. You know, basically, uh, you know, <laughs> get your ass on the treadmill or something like that. Yep. But Lucas saying, oh, there was way more than that, Tim. And we had this weird exchange. So it's just like these two teams, anytime they play, something odd is happening. But yes, best actor to uh, to Devin Booker, who, man, like, you're, you're right, Trey. In a weird way, like, it felt like a lot of his shots are open, but he's creating a lot of the space, too. And you know when he's got it going. Watch just how high he jumps on his jumper. Oh, That's when he is at his elite. Just look at how high he's getting, and it's unbelievable. And it was one of those great games where he took over. But uh, thoughts on the Luca fan ejection and then the, <laughs> the, 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 the aftermath with Tim McMahon here? What, what do you make of this, TK? I think the Mavericks are struggling. <laughs> They've yeah. lost three in a row, and it, perhaps it's wearing on Luca a little. He's the guy that leads the league in technical fouls basically every single season. Yeah. Uh, that's like one of his biggest areas of growth is being able to keep his mental side of the game uh, in control. (laughs) And that just obviously uh, wasn't the case, and it hasn't been the case for a lot of his career. That's just the way you can go at Luka, is by trying to get under his skin. Uh, But I love it, because the Mavs and the Suns, like all of the guys who were fighting... Weren't even on the team no, last year. No, That's awesome. Dante Exum <laughs> was out there mixing up. Grant Williams, Nurkic, just random dudes. They all came like, hey, we got to fight if we're here. Yeah. yeah, and it was absolutely fun that the refs didn't kick out Grant Williams at the beginning because Grant Williams did kind of step over Kevin yeah, Durant. Yeah, he, 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 he instigated that for sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. and yeah. He, did, he literally stood over him. So Nurkic came for a shove, but nobody else was scrapped. It was just, just a push, and the referee said, okay, 
that is acceptable. Uh, so I appreciated that just to see the rest of it. And Tim McMahon was there, front row. I always appreciate somebody doing that type of work. Boots on the floor. So I believe everything that he says in his report. Yeah, but Lucas saying, oh, what about all the other stuff? He said, Tim. Oh, he said all that shit, too. Of course he did. <laughs> he, <he's, laughs> he said a lot. The, the fans have lots to say. And Lucas said, I, I don't usually get mad at fans. I allow them to pay what they want and then and then say stuff to me but this he, he was got in mad. dallas too by the way this yeah. is you know in dallas not in phoenix but yeah. there's a suns fan there yes yeah, yeah the suns uh, uh listen they gave it to the Mavs. the Mavs definitely are upset the way they're playing recently they're up 16 in this game that's what's so exciting about the suns if you're going to a movie theater you want to watch the phoenix suns because they can get down big and then they can turn mm-hmm. it on yeah. just like that all the time Durant had 12 points in this game super duper Quiet. Yeah. Um, because And I, I love how he plays the five on this team. Frank Vogel has decided that we're probably going to do that in the playoffs. You, you've got to see that. That's, they're going to go five out. Uh, sorry, Drew Banks. Sorry, uh, Yusuf Nurkic. Sorry, Bol Bol. Uh, but Durant is going to play the five. And then, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to see Grant Williams get tossed in the end, too. It was great. It was a, it was a great game. He's playing his role. Um, I will say we need to get Luka Doncic a temper boy T-shirt. That guy's Mr. Temperboy. We have to get him one. I mean, on the court and then after the game where he's getting into a Tim. And then maybe we need to make, you said it before we went live here, maybe we need to make Temperboy shirts (laughs) for all the Tims, the Kato's and the McMahon's and the Bon Temps. There's a ton of Tims. There's a lot of Tims out there. uh, You know Dante Exum's bringing the... Tim Tams. That's right. Sorry, oh, sorry, that's nice. sorry, man. Sorry. Oh, no, no I'm great. Oh, those are good. Uh, okay, let's move on to our next uh, category. I teased it there. Best Supporting Actor. So I'm looking for a best performance from a role player. Trey Kirby, who's your nominee? Vince Williams Jr. I think is a great one. 25 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 5 threes, and a steal. It's the activity and it's the scraptivity. I love watching this guy play six straight games in double digits. You throw in Gigi Jackson as well, 17 points and four threes. Nice stuff from the young Grizzlies there. But my uh, supporting actor has got to be Jonathan Kaminga. 25 points on 11 of 11 shooting, nine rebounds. I love that he was matched up with Jalen Johnson uh, for a lot of this game. Similar size guys, both athletic, both strong, and Kaminga took it to him absolutely he was so patient in the post he was playing bully ball he pulled out basically every move he had hit a little jumper had some dunks uh at one point he puts jalen johnson in the basket flexes on him and then gets a steal and runs it down for a dunk on the other side kaminga uh was great last night he has been pretty good for the warriors uh we haven't heard a lot of trade rumors around them for the past couple of weeks here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Things have quieted down. Obviously, they've had some off-court stuff they've been dealing with as well, but I thought it was great seeing Kaminga play like that last night. Yeah, he was watching Clay work, and he put his hand on his head like he didn't believe it. Uh, It was cool. Kaminga, great supporting actor, great acting, Uh, (laughs) and he supported his his players. I'm going to go with Boyan Bogdanovich. Hornets Pistons, not a lot of fans in the building, but Boyan, (laughs) he was scorching hot, and he plays for a bad team. Less than yeah, two weeks away here, the trade deadline. Somebody's got to want Boyan because he was hot, and the Pistons didn't score for a long stretch in, in the fourth quarter, nearly half of it, and the coach was subbing in him for Osar Thompson. Offense, defense, What? but it was a really fun close as, as it looked like Melo may take it over for the Charlotte Hornets, but Osar Thompson drew a charge. Then Melo hit Nick Richards with a beautiful alley-oop pass. Oh, my goodness. That was pretty fun. Then Melo just fell down, committed a foul, and then he had a bad pass, and uh, the bench was starting to get into it for Detroit, even though the fans were not 
alive enough. Uh, you had Cade on the bench and Jay Ivey, who wasn't playing the fourth quarter, and Boyan sealed it. He had a three ball with a shot and then hit a free throw, 33 points, four rebounds, four assists. He's the guy, and he's not talked about at all. But this guy is getting up there in age and needs to go play for a winner right here, right now. 12 of 23, 5 of 10 three-point shooting. The guy can just play, so he needs to change Change scenery now. Well, let me ask you, do you consider the Chicago Bulls a winner? Because uh, some rumors going around here that uh, maybe Zach Levine to Detroit, Bogdanovich coming back to Chicago, maybe a young prospect, though they're not letting go of like your Cades, probably your Durans, your Ivies, uh, who else am I missing? Thompson, mm-hmm. but maybe one of their other guys, or maybe there's some draft capital. That's the latest rumor, Tass Mellis. Zach Levine to the Pistons. Boyan Bogdanovich to the Bulls. I wanted a winner. For, I, <laughs> oh, want, I wanted more of a winner. You. I mean, oh, a play-in tournament team right now. Well, they might win that. 16-10 and 10 in their last 26. <laughs> Every uh, team's a winner compared to the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, yeah. But they did win last well, not night. The Hornets, That's, no, uh, yeah. not the Hornets. Hey, that was a big game in the Nut Dust Bowl uh, yeah. standings. Uh, yeah, sort of. Sort of. Well, you would have. I mean, it would have been almost a wrap for you as the Hornets. Like uh, That was a big win because they at least gave the a loss to the Hornets. <laughs> to That's keep true. them within That's striking yeah. distance. Okay, so the, uh, the winner... Best supporting actor last night, role player. Woo, it's Kaminga. Perfect game off the bench. Though, man, this was a, a tight vote. You guys said it. Vince Williams Jr. was elite and has been playing at an unbelievable level, especially for the Grizzlies. We had nine guys <laughs> like playing in this team. You went through some of the names that were on them. Their starting lineup made uh, $35 million total, and a lot of that goes to Jaron Jackson Jr. So That's amazing. A little nod to Vince Williams Jr., who I believe is nominated for Best Song later in this award show. A great country song that he put together. Uh, but Kaminga gets the win for Best Supporting Actor. Perfect off the bench. Come on. It's amazing. All what right, was next the name one. of that Vince Williams song? Vince Williams Jr. Yeah, song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Oh, I thought you knew. What is it? I don't know. You came up with it. I did? Yeah, you just said so. Oh, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Me neither. Okay. <laughs> I thought I maybe said it before on a previous show. No, I figured I if you were going to make the joke, you would follow through on no, it. No, it's just a joke. Maybe you weren't here when I made it, that he's like a country singer name to me. Maybe you were. I don't know. Didn't uh, Jimmy Butler come up with a country song? Yeah, he's got, a, to, yeah. he's got like yeah. 200 of them. Or no, he has 60 and he wants to have 200 <laughs> Yeah, country exactly songs. right. Well, get Vince Williams Jr. on a track. That's what people do in country. They just put out songs and just have a hundred bad ones and a hundred good ones. That's a lot of sad stories to tell, my man. A lot of sad <laughs> stories. Well, now you can just have bad songs. It's fine. Look at rap, man. If you're a rapper, you got to put out a hundred songs a year, and hopefully two of them are good. Yeah, that's just how music it's, is. It works the same. Feed the beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's the name of the song. I forgot. That's what it was called. Uh, Feed the beast. There you go. There yeah. you go. There you go. Feed the bear. Uh, all right. Best live action short film. That's our next category. Highlight of the night. That's what it really is. Best live action short film. Very proud of this one. Uh, TK, get us started. What's uh, what's the highlight of the night to you? One of the highlights of the night was the Bucks dancing in pregame. Uh, (laughs) Which, as Worldwide Wob points out, they actually do it regularly, but the timing of it was hilarious. Uh, For me, the best live action short of the night was when Victor Wembanyama blocked Josh Giddy at the rim. Uh, Didn't jump, just grabs the ball and brings it down. I heard Bo Estes on the top 10 said, it wasn't so much as a block, he absorbed the The orb. orb. (laughs) Great call. Uh, That was cool. And then Wemby did a lot of cool stuff in that game as well. Okay. Uh, I'm sticking in Milwaukee where you talked about the the dancing there briefly. This wasn't really a play, but Yanni Setokounmpo, early in the game, he just collapsed into the front row after after scoring a basket, and a young girl was sitting 
baseline with her dad, it seemed like, and she was so excited to receive Giannis Antetokounmpo right in her lap. <laughs> and she was so pumped, and she was just, she couldn't stop smiling for minutes and minutes and minutes. Now, I might edit this short film. I think uh, a dame to Giannis pick and roll or something. Just go work with the superstars. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll cut it. But landing right on her, she was so pumped. Um, but there's lots of lots of crazy stuff we could add. Pat Connaughton also got hit in the face. He was bleeding. He was he so does. angry. <laughs> yeah. So, so angry. Uh, but a, a fun, great moment for a girl that was sitting on the baseline that you don't usually, if you're on the baseline, you don't usually run into a fan. That's usually a sideline side thing. Line. Yeah. So it was cool. Okay. Well, great nominees. Uh, I like the Wemby shout out. I, I had missed that Giannis one you're saying. Derek Jones Jr. had a huge thrunk. A massive thrunk mm-hmm. in that game for the Mavs against the Suns. Jeremy Grant's game winner could be on the list here, should be on the list. But uh, let's find out who gets the best live-action short film. Highlight of the night goes to... Oh, wow, this is a surprise. Surprise winner here. This wizard's attendant and the balance at keeping the drinks on the tray. Look at this. Wild pass here gets tipped. And look at this gentleman. Whoa! Manages... To keep the balance and two beverages with very minimal spill in Washington. One more look at it. This, it, okay, he gets hit there like on the hip. And whoa. Again, some some spillage, but pretty good job of this guy to yeah. keep those drinks up. So uh, he gets the win. I'm impressed, actually. Yeah, that's that nice, eh? Really good. Yeah. Great core strength. We'll have to get uh, that man's name and get him his award. <laughs> Looked like he was holding an award. He kind of raised it. Yeah, I'm surprised smart. he raised it. Yeah. That's ah. what you do when you're driving with an open cup of coffee and you go <laughs> yeah. over the yeah. train tracks. Yep. <laughs> yep. You right. got to be your own shocks. Okay, final one, final award here. Best costume design. I'm looking for uh, <laughs> either either just the best jersey. Maybe it's the floor. Maybe it's a particular look from a player that you wanted to highlight. Tass, who gets um, the best costume design? I'm going with Miami's jerseys. I know everybody outside Miami oh might not God. like the jerseys that literally say heat culture on the jersey. But everybody in Miami just loves it. They 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 eat it up. They chew it up. And I'm going to sell them cheap because everybody deserves a jersey. We're going to have some replicas. And uh, I've got some collaborations. I think they should collaborate with some yogurts, some heirloom yogurts. Because... Oh. You create starters of yogurt <laughs> cultures. cultures. Yeah, these yogurt cultures that live forever, these yeah. particular ones, they're amazing. They live forever. There's some that they don't go bad. They can take over the next batch and the next batch and the next that batch. That was so the name culture. of the country song. These yogurt cultures live forever. <laughs> now it hit me. Yeah, the heat okay. culture jerseys, I hate them. everybody they're hates terrible. them. Yeah, they're, everybody they're, hates them outside thing. Florida, for yeah. sure. But lots of people don't like people in Florida. Lots of people don't like these jerseys. Sell them. All right. Uh, what about you, TK? Where are you going? I think these are probably uh, disliked as well, but I love the look of Spurs Thunder. Spurs wearing the Whataburger jerseys on their wild court. I'm looking at it now. Orange lane, dark brown lower half circle, cream colored top half circle, (laughs) dark brown inside, or I guess medium brown inside the three-point line, light brown outside the three-point line. Then they've got the logo at half court that is mint green, yellow, with orange sun rays coming out of it. 
the Thunder were also wearing their blue uniforms with a little bit of orange trim as well. This looked wild, but it looked incredible. It was definitely a nominee. Let's find out the winner. I think somebody said it earlier. I think maybe Trey did. Uh, best costume design from last night. It's just going to the Blazers-Rockets game. Just some nice red and blacks here. I love this photo overhead. Just clean. The color schemes. But nominee there to that wild Spurs court. I feel like it's polarizing. I think some people like it. I think yes. some people absolutely hate it. Probably so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, though. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to like highlight on that Rockets game. You already brought up uh, the, the huge uh, game-tying shot. Awesome stuff there from Jeremy Grant. But Houston here is on a bit of a slide. They're 7-14 and 14 over the past five weeks. And, you know, they're they're a game out of 10th now. They're tied with the Warriors in 11th. Yeah, it's like a, a, they've had a great season. Obviously, you know, adding those vet guys helped them become a competent basketball team. But started strong, couldn't win on the road ever. And it's, uh, you know, starting to slip away a little bit here, which, I mean, I guess was to be expected. But maybe they'll, in the final couple of weeks, be vying for a play-in. That would probably be a good season, I think, at this point. I think that would definitely be a good season. Yeah. I think it's encouraging already for the Rockets because even though they've struggled lately and they're likely going to finish out of the playoff picture, they're eighth on defense. So they're yeah. good at something yeah. still, which I think is important because they didn't really have much of an identity uh, with Steve and Silas there. They brought in Van Vliet. They brought in Dylan Brooks. They brought in Jeff Green, guys that they wanted to give something on the defensive end and just be more professional, and they definitely are. All right, there it is, our NBA Oscars uh, from last night. Congratulations to all of our winners. we got to take a break. When we come back, Doc Rivers officially in as the Bucks head coach. Wes Unseld Jr. out as the Wizards head coach. We'll get into that and a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. All right, here in the Classic Factory, if you're joining us live on YouTube, hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Podcast listeners, do us a favor. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Um, after a brief courtship, Doc Rivers has reached an agreement in principle to become the next coach in the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Doc emerged as the top target immediately after the dismissal of Adrian Griffin. The sides negotiated deep into Tuesday night and Wednesday morning, according to Woj, before reaching an agreement on a deal. Giannis was asked about this, had some interesting comments. He pretended that he didn't really have much say in this uh, change of coaches. You know, he said it caught him by surprise, but that he trusts Milwaukee's decision makers to give the team the best possible chance to win a championship. But here comes the doctor. <laughs> doctor, doctor, give me the. Is that a song? <laughs> I got a bad case of coaching you. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's also one of Vince Williams Jr. Yeah, song. I love his cover of it. It's good. It's, it's really, really good. good. Yeah. Anyway, Doc, official. I mean, we talked about this in, in great detail on yesterday's show. We thought it was going to happen. It wasn't official when we were live, mm -hmm. but you know, soon after. This is the new CNN Sports got it right. They did. Yeah. Uh, they got the inspirational doc in the building. Uh, that's what he's supposed to be is inspirational. I don't think he's going to play much music to inspire the guys. He's just going to talk to him. Let's go play basketball, baby. Um, I think that's the whole thing. Just keep it simple. Extremely simple. Uh, some pick and rolls with Dame and Giannis. Sure. Middleton Giannis, which has won them a freaking championship. That's all you got to do. We saw what he did last year with Philly. Simple. Harden and beat. Harden and beat. That's all you got to do. They were up 3-2 in that second round. Is it Doc's fault that they lost? As everyone's blaming Doc. This guy, this team under Doc who gives teams or gives wins away, it's probably Harden's fault, uh, to be honest, last year. But uh, just run simple stuff offensively and defensively, as we saw last night. Run assistant Joe Prunty's defense. That's what you got to do. Uh, we saw the, the shell happening there, condense, expand a little bit, uh, and just... Make sure you guard the rim. 
as they have over years. And uh, yeah, you got it. You got everything. You got all the tools, Doc. You got great assistance. He just has to be extremely inspirational. That's what Doc does. <laughs> and that's his job. That's his job now. What do you think Doc uh, you know, needs to fix, I guess? Or what's the number one thing on the bulletin board that Doc needs to get the Bucks to do better? I got two things. They got to simplify the defense and they got to maximize the offense. So simplifying the defense to mean means they got to rebound more, they got to switch less, they got to have Lillard and Beasley not really pressuring the ball all that often. Adrian Griffin came in, he helped with the Raptors. They were a team that tried to get out in transition, forced turnovers, but that was a team that was all six foot nine guys who were athletic. That's not the Bucks. So play a more standard defense, just get back to normal, and most importantly, get back in transition which comes on the offensive end. They don't need to crash the boards all that often, which they're doing more so this year. Also offensively, it's got to be big getting buy-in from Dame and from Giannis on the pick and roll. Like you're saying, Doc Rivers got Joel Embiid, a pick, uh, an MVP last year, running pick and roll a million times, Harden finding him at the free throw line, short rolls, jumpers, whatever it may be. Giannis can live there as well. And then Dame has to screen for Giannis a little bit uh, as well, because that's going to be something that's really, really tough for teams to, to defend as well. Uh, they're good offensively already. Yep. They can be even better. And they just need to do a lot of the Giannis and Dame two-man game. Because when it comes time to the playoffs, it'll be nice to have that as a fallback. And now is the time to build the continuity. Yeah. Under Griffin, the Bucks they, they wanted to crash the offensive glass, but they weren't good at it. They were ranked 25th in offensive rebounding rate this season. Change that strategy alone. Like, stop going so aggressively on the offensive glass allows you to get back in theory in transition where they were getting lit up in transition. So that like one adjustment from, yeah, Prunty, Doc, maybe Dave Yeager is going to be joining the uh, Doc Rivers staff here as a possibility. I mean, I, that to me would Im- immediately just improve their transition defense, which means their overall defense and, and maybe uh, helps them out a little bit. But yeah, Doc is coming in here and uh, will be taking over the reins. It's official. I guess they're going to be filming a movie. Doc Rivers and Dave Yeager were in Hustle together. Um, <laughs> wow! Yeah, yeah, they're. Really? I mean, yeah. I guess it was six. So or, it was Tobias Philly Harris, based, but, right? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're cruising <laughs> together. I guess so. Uh, Dave will help him. Um, you know, it, it's funny because it, it would be smart just to not play the same defense, not offensive rebound, just because they are bad. Yeah. in transition, they're one of the worst, one of the worst teams in in protecting fast breaks, but just chasing everybody defensively. It made no sense. Just drop coverage a little bit more, a little bit more. And on offense, they're going to be fine. I like how they, they've they been changing, like go through Giannis, go through Dame. And Middleton has been awesome. So he's going to get better as the season goes on. They've got they got so many weapons. <laughs> it's just keep it simple. Well, according to Jake Fisher, the Bucks are using their limited trade assets to try and find uh, defensive upgrades at the uh, deadline here. Milwaukee has contacted various teams about what it could land with Portland's 2024 second round pick. So that's an early second round pick that the Bucks have. And a couple of role players, possibly Pat Connaughton and Campaign. Um, are, are those two names and, and that second round pick uh, going to get the Bucks uh, anything of note here, TK, uh, to help their defensive uh, um, limitations? Who does? Yeah. Uh, second round pick Though that's the Blazers yeah. is pretty fair, and they can also, I imagine, do some funky stuff with swaps where they have the worst end of a swap, and then they offer it to somebody else, so it's kind of like getting a first-round pick. 
They definitely need some athleticism, I think, especially with Connaughton having a down season. I would like to see Doc give Andre Jackson a chance, Marjan Bochamp a chance, though he's been up and down between the G League, and Doc doesn't always trust the youngest of players, just ask Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if, like, a second-round pick, one of these weird swaps, the Pat Connaughton contract could get you Royce O'Neal from the Nets. He would be a perfect fit for them. It's not a bad idea. I mean, something like that could maybe get you Matisse Thibel, but there's no way Thibel's <laughs> coming to play for Doc Rivers there in Milwaukee and actually has some sort of weird veto that he could do on uh, deals as well. I saw Sean Hyken writing about that, but that's a defensive-minded guy too. But no, he doesn't want to play for Doc, I don't think. Uh, anyone oh, else? That's well, That's why he would stop it? He wants, yeah. to, he wants to play with Portland and not well, be as good? He doesn't want to play with Doc. <laughs> He was buried by that guy. It's, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting move. Yeah, because if you want to recreate Philadelphia, bring in Jaeger, bring in Matisse Thibel. <laughs> you could easily make it happen financially. Bring in a second round exit. Uh, but <laughs> well, yeah, these uh, Thibel, I mean, he would help defensively. Uh, but uh, he, Doc tends to play old guys, um, so yeah. I don't think you, uh, trading for an old guy is, is a really good idea. Look, people have brought up PJ Tucker, who's buried on the Clippers, but unfortunately. P.J. Tucker is getting older and older and older. So, And the Bucks yeah. already have Crowder. <laughs> yeah, they've got an old guy yeah, but Crowder. You can get P.J. Tucker for free. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you could. I yeah, mean. exactly. Well, yeah, if you want a nice guy in the locker room. Sure. So they're going to be active here in theory uh, with, again, limited trade assets if they can go get uh, anyone to help defensively, probably on the perimeter. Uh, all right, let's talk about Wes Unsell Jr. He is out as Wizards head coach amid the team's 7-36 and 36 start this season. But in classic Wizards fashion, he will remain with the organization. Now, per the Athletics' Josh Robbins, Brian Keefe will be named interim head coach, uh, while Unseld transitions to an advisory role in the front office. You said it earlier, Trey. He got, got a promotion for yeah. being 7-36. and 36. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The I'll Wizards see. always do this, I feel like. Yeah. They rarely, like... You're out of here. It's just like, ah, we'll just move you around. We'll just move you around. We, we got to pay you anyways. Yep, yep, um, yep. And I think, honestly, fair for Wes Unsold Jr. He got 90 games out of Bradley Beal in the previously two, previous two seasons, 35 wins in both of those seasons. He hasn't really had a team. They've been bad. They're even worse this year. So I guess the Wizards felt like they had to make a move, but I it's I think it's nice for Wes Unsold Jr. because <laughs> he still has a job. He somehow has, has a better job. And he doesn't have to coach the Wizards anymore. So he didn't really get fired, no, you know? No, so, true. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a son of a Washington legend, Wes Unsold, so maybe you want to keep him around. Maybe they're doing this because the Bucks just hired a coach and they don't want to steal all the headlines. Uh, the Bucks are you know, working on Doc, so there's that talk going on. So that's, that's going to bury all this Wizards stuff. And listen, unfortunately, they need to change it up uh, to get the attendance up because they've got the third worst attendance in the league. They've lost 11 of 12. Maybe they need a vet coach to help out Jordan Poole just to get his mind right. Um, but yeah, Michael Winger, who took over the president, took took over the Wizards' office this offseason, uh, was hired in the offseason. So maybe he just sees his, you know, you come on over. Come on over. You can help me. I was with the OKC. I was with everybody. Come help me. Let's get the. The team a lot better um, in the front office. But, yeah, maybe they just need a, a change for Poole and, and the young guys as well. Yeah, until Jr., 77 and 130 during his coaching tenure there in Washington. Trey said it, 35 wins one season, 35 the next, only seven this year. That's how you get to 77. 
you know, they, they have finished near the bottom of the Eastern Conference in the last couple of years. If you're a coach for a bad team, they want to see some improvement, right? In terms of either wins or some growth with some of your young guys, it's been pretty stagnant. Now, some of that may be the guys they drafted, but maybe it is a little bit of coaching these guys up. So yeah, fresh new voice coming in here. Again, Keith taking over as interim head coach, and I don't know if there's any rumored names uh, from Shams or Robbins. I haven't seen one yet of like a bigger name or a notable name. What's happening in the offseason, apparently. Oh, so Keith's going to get this sort of Whoever runway is. here. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, well, there you go. I bet you're right that the pool piece is part of it because he's had a really down season. You know, he's averaging 16 a game after 20 off the bench for the Warriors. Coming to a team where the shots were going to be abundant, it was like, in the preseason, can Jordan Poole average 30 points a game? He's going to get 30 shots, and that has not been the case. They do have him on a contract for a long time, so I imagine they want him to be better than stinky. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, the, I, And if he's not good, I mean... There's not a lot of future right there. Bilal Koulibaly, he's he's all right. That's true. He's yeah. all right. I, I tuned in like a sicko for a little Wizards action there last night, and uh, when I tuned in, I saw Jordan Poole called for a traveling violation, and I think on the very next play, Jordan Poole called <laughs> yeah. for a traveling yeah. violation. I was like, okay, I'm out of here. Um, yeah, so, okay, anyway, Keith's going to have a chance here for half a season to, to see if he can maybe, you know, yeah, we've seen it before where an, an interim comes in and gets the team playing better, maybe there's some success, and, and wins the job, right? They're going to look for maybe a more notable name, but maybe not. You never know. Let's go to Tweet of the Night. Mm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Pretty simple Tweet of the Night here. Gets it uh, started from Impatient Bull, who tweeted, I want the King Cake Baby arrested. It's time. But the King Cake Baby sees all and says, At me, you coward. And I bring this up because the King Cake Baby, he's back. He's back in the Smoothie King Center. Maybe you guys have seen videos going around. It is Mardi Gras. There's a shot of him uh, we're showing you on YouTube. It's a, um, a diaper-clad, creepy mascot who's uh, you know at home for all of the uh, Pelicans games here through February 5th, I believe. And, and uh, I, I heard Zach Lowe talking about uh, King Cake Baby uh, sliding into his DMs and just like dropping a bunch of uh, scary, like, crossbone emojis. And there, there's an old photo of Lowe with <laughs> the King Cake Baby. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that exists. That I thought I would show you guys. But in doing a little research <laughs> for the King Cake Baby, um, I found out that he's available for private bookings. And I want to do a little trivia. Very simple trivia. Okay, How much do you okay. think it costs for King Cake Baby to show up to your private event for one hour? What do you think that costs? What's the going rate for a king cake baby? <laughs> okay. That's what the sh- the uh, website says. He's uh, there for at, one, at hour. Least, uh, one hour. One yeah, hour. Yeah, I have a, well, yes. I have the price for 30 minutes and for one hour. But it's just, uh, you know, the one hour divided by two. <laughs> thousand bucks for an hour, I'd okay. say. Okay. So do you want to go over or under for king cake baby to show up for an hour? Under. <laughs> you are correct. 250. Ooh. 300. JD- 300 is the correct answer. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Just have him show up. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun at a party. Like, take photos of this uh, creepy, like Zach Lowe did. That's <laughs> a great photo to me. Are you a fan, Tass, of the, the King Cake Baby? Be careful what you say. He sees all, hears all. I'm not going to add him. Uh, I'm not going to hit him directly. I don't know what the King Baby does. Does he, does he dance? He does a little bit of everything. He's always pointing at his mouth. Like, look how weird my mouth is. <laughs> he always seems to be doing this. Uh, but yeah, he dances. Wanders around, <laughs> pop 
pops his head in everywhere. Sort of. I, I remember being terrified of this when we first saw him like years ago, but he definitely has grown up. <laughs> and I sort of like when he shows up, but he's only here for like a month or so. It's sort so of he hibernates all the rest of the year. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> JD, you think we got it in the budget to get the King Cake Baby in the in studio? Oh, 100%. For our show's 300 bucks for an hour? Yeah. Perfect. Do we have to? I guess we'd have to pay for his travel. Yeah, yeah. It's a long drive from New Orleans. Yeah, we'll fly him up. <laughs> See him sitting on the back of Spirit Airlines, you know, and the big head. Got a riding costume. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. And then we'd have the another clip going viral of a woman yelling, "That person's not real." Yeah. <laughs> that baby's. Oh, and it cuts it. That's pretty funny. That's worth three hundred bucks. Totally. Okay. The impressions alone. <laughs> That's good. All right. So uh, shout out to Impatient Bull and King Cake Baby. I I, I saw they continued their back and forth. It sounds like they might fight. <laughs> it might be a brawl or something. So exciting stuff. Simple tweet of the night to wrap up this show uh let's call it there but tonight guys on tnt at 7 p.m eastern they're announcing the all-star game starters so we're going to jump on playback at seven to react in real time as we find out the 10 guys who will be starting this game so we'll be on there for like 45 minutes to an hour so join us that link is in the show notes you can join our playback room and then you're uh sort of alerted when we go live there's an app for playback they're always adding new like um sort of features to this it's getting better and better and better so check that out join us tonight at seven as we find out uh the all-star starters i mean i don't think there's gonna be any crazy surprises i guess maybe who are those other guards starting alongside maybe halliburton and luca that, that's the question mark is shea in there or does curry hold on and then is it trey dame brunson or mitchell i guess right those are the questions feels like the bigs are uh the bigs are secure but anyway we'll be talking about it too night all right thanks for joining us bit of a quickie here today but we're back tomorrow with the drop podcast we're picking our all-star teams tomorrow the entire rosters we'll get into the reserves so we'll do that on tomorrow's drop podcast until then clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember it's a pool party in washington not a puddle party as some are saying here jordan pool hasn't been great <laughs> so he has been puddling a little bit but it could expand into a pool Brace the day, people.